I'm Jacob. I've seen Lost seven times. I'm Jack. I've never seen Lost before. Jack's about to watch all of Lost for the first time. Hello, welcome to the Lost Boys podcast. With you every step of the way, you have me, Jacob Stolworthy. And me, Jack Shepard. We're here because we have watched season five, episode three, titled Jughead. Um, which uh, you probably would have been like at the beginning of the episode, what the hell is a jughead and where does one find it? Um, but the episode kind of filled you in on that, didn't it, Jack? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel I feel I now know what a jughead is. You're up on your jugheads. You're like, if, if you were a mastermind, you'd probably, would jughead be your, your subject choice? Uh, maybe not quite my subject choice yet, but <laughs> be up there, be top five, you know? It's open the floodgates, isn't it? It's open <laughs> the jughead floodgates. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is a, a, a cracker of an episode, really. I, I, I'm a big fan of it. When I first watched it, I wasn't a huge fan of it, and it isn't until recent years where I'm like, ah, actually, this is a pretty good one. Um, Jack, people don't care about what I think about it. They care about what you think of it. So, Jack, Shepard, uh, will you tell us what you think of Jack? What? Don't talk yourself down. People oh, care. I care what you think about it. I'm I mean, past I... worrying. I'm past worrying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed it, too. I thought it was a really good episode. Good. Um, so you preferred it I to thought... The Lie? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it, it's funny that the lie is surrounded by two corkers. Um, it feels like, you know, a lot happens in this one. And what's surprising is there are so few of, you know, the the original cast mm. of survivors here. It's very much about the new blood. You know, you forget that Desmond only entered the show halfway through. Um, and then the other main, you know, talking point i guess is faraday um and they're obviously very new as well so it does you know it's quite it's quite gripping for a show uh, you know an episode that doesn't have yeah we don't see jack or kate or saeed or any of that lot yeah you don't have any oceanics this is an oceanic six free episode um which i think we are in need of at this point uh perhaps um it's a sixless episode yes it is a sixless episode and the only two of the original main cast members are I guess saw you in lock, aren't they? Yeah. Um, oh, even Juliet. She's a newcomer. She is. She is indeed. As she as she points out here, she is another, you know. Um, it's uh oh, it's great. It's really good. Um and yeah, the freighter folk are kind of pushed front and centre in a way. Um especially on the island. So um yeah, we'll dive into it. I just want to say this is the first episode uh directed by Rod Holcomb since season one, episode bloody thirteen. Which is the one where Boone has a vision of Shannon getting killed by the smoke monster. Well, that was a long that was a long while ago, wasn't it? What were we doing when we watched that one, Jack? What were we doing? Where were we in life? Ah, oh, where were we in life? We were colleagues. We were colleagues. We were we were innocent to what was going on in the world. We Brothers just all we, all we cared about was this TV show called Lost, and we were innocently watching, thinking that Probably about probably our mums would be the only ones to listen to this podcast. It's true. And now, now look at us. Now it's our mums and about three or four other people. It's so <laughs> quite true. That was the episode Stu Heritage came on for. Yes, it was. That's oh, we met so Stu for the first funny. time. He basically called it the OC and Lost. <laughs> yeah, the OC means I mean, Lost. Yeah. Oh, it was Stu's birthday the other day. We should wish him happy birthday. Happy birthday, Stu. Happy birthday, Stu. Belated, but you know, better late than never. <laughs> Very belated, if you know. 
<laughs> he's listening to this podcast in a few years' yeah, time. If you get or whatever. in a few years, then <laughs> happy birthday for yeah, not the one we are wishing you happy birthday for, but a anyway. birthday nonetheless. Um, so yeah, um, I this episode was noted in the in the notes uh, that they they note this as you know because they like assigning characters, uh, you know, episodes to characters. This is a Desmond and Daniel episode, like a shared episode, which I think is makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, because basically where we kick off, um, Desmond heads off on his little escapade, uh, playing detective, equipped with some very cool sunglasses, might I add, uh, to find out the story of um, Daniel Faraday in a, in a uh, you know, as per his instruction to find his mother at Oxford University. Um, these scenes are quite cool, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're interesting. It's, it's, it's weird to see, you know, Desmond in normal time not in a flashback but just kind of you know in oxford in london it's funny to see him actually leaving penny as opposed to trying to find penny penny (laughs) yeah and they have a baby they do have a baby so the episode does kick off with the birth of the child and then it flashes forward um but uh yeah, you know, they keep the, the identity, well, the, the name of the baby secret until the end. But when you find out, <laughs> oh, it, it packs a punch, right? <laughs> oh, a huge punch. What a punch. What a punch. What's the baby's name, Char- uh, Jack? Oh, God, let's go. <laughs> What's the baby's name, Charlie? Jack. No. <laughs> <laughs> Although Jack would have also made sense. Yeah, it would have actually. I mean, yeah, I would have felt sorry for Charlie because I felt, I feel, I feel like he's probably his odds on favourite. <laughs> um yeah. interesting things that desmond discovers when he does go to oxford university or interesting things for us i should say is um before he goes there penny is confused like why have you only just remembered this memory now and he doesn't know he's like i don't know and i think that's quite a convenient thing for us as viewers to know is that desmond doesn't know because we certainly don't know um and he has no memory of the year it was when he met faraday in oxford obviously because that's you know very linked into his flashes um that take place in the constant um i think those are quite i think i just feel like those are interesting points to put forth yeah wait so he he he's been to oxford before well um he goes to oxford to find faraday because he's his constant uh so yeah he, that's he, the one he go he goes into the room you know the room that's boarded up and being fumigated yeah we well, see all the rats not, and, stuff. and the rats and 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 um yeah the radiation is like kind of around and you've got the maze that you see him do the um put hit the mouse called eloise through and basically saves desmond's life um so yeah i mean he doesn't remember that obviously that was 1996 um but that makes sense and you you got you you gotta remember as well like faraday himself has memory issues doesn't he 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 can't really can't remember those cards read the cards and stuff remember yeah they've all got bloody memory issues very convenient and when we first meet faraday well when we first not when we first meet him but the first flashback he has is he's crying because of the plane wreckage being found and he's not sure why um but you know we find out that Faraday has, you know, he's a bit of a bad guy, really, or has has a history of doing questionable things, we learn. Um, he, you know, he does experiments on a girlfriend of his called Teresa, who 
gets very unwell and then he just like absconds, runs away. Not cool. No. Yeah, I was because there's it's kind of implied that potentially his mum as well. Uh his mum as well. Yeah, it is implied. Uh do you want to talk about that? I mean we can do. Um well we find out Desi Desi kind of you know, he, he finds out that Oxford's like kicked out Danny boy <laughs> and then he goes to find his mum and his mum is very ill and being kept alive by no his his girlfriend oh is that his girlfriend, his girlfriend. yeah so basically what happens is oh. he um he finds out via that kind of character who's straight off the page of a bloody dickens novel who like rolls in with his flat cap like, <laughs> yeah. hey what have you heard and all that um and, what are you doing in this room? Yeah, and he, he, he like you know, great character. To, I mean, it's quite apt. He's off. Uh, he seems like he's from a Dickens novel, considering uh, Desmond's author of choice is Mister Dickens. Um, maybe it's intentional. So why did you tell me not to touch it? Because I'm the one who had to take the rats that he made run through this bloody thing down to the incinerator, so that no one would find out what he was up to. You mean Daniel Faraday? Yeah, you're not the first one to poke around here asking about him and his work. Rumour had it, he was trying to send rats' brains back in time. Ridiculous, isn't it? Aye. Look, I'll forget you broke my lock. If you tell your mates that all you found was rubbish left behind by a man. But this guy uh, kind of feels in Des that Daniel has been wiped from the books at Oxford, which, uh, you know, somewhat unsurprisingly. Um... And that other people have been oh. sniffing around. Um, He's and, not allowed back here after what he did to that girl. Yeah, you know, we find out some stuff from this guy. I also love that this guy, he says, he goes, um, I'll forget that you broke my lock if you tell your <laughs> friends that all you found was, was equipment left behind by a man. <laughs> That's what he said. It's like, a man? Don't you, there's like a word missing there. Do you mean like a crazy man, a wild man, a deranged man? Like a man, as opposed to what? Very weird. Opposed to a woman, I guess. Opposed to a woman, yeah. But like, why would you say it just wouldn't? Anyway. Um. So this then sends him to you know he finds a picture of Daniel graduating with the girl and he gets the address of um Abigail and Teresa Spencer. That's when he's walking down that street that you you pointed out looks um looks like a proper London street, doesn't it? Best or well English street. Best production design they've had. Best most realistic UK place looking. I agree. There you go. I totally agree. Um I was thinking it as you said it. That's how that's how in sync we are, Jack. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was green screen or not. Well, the fact is we don't know, and that's good. Uh, you can tell when he's in when he's talking to the woman who's inside the house. Mm. You can tell that behind Desmond is green screen there, mm. but you can't tell the rest of it. So can you also and tell that the actress who plays uh, Theresa Bigel, Melda Corcoran, is actually Australian? <laughs> okay, I think I could. All right. I think the accent's a bit. Dark. I mean, it's a it's an episode filled with dodgy accents, isn't it? It's just my it's just my favourite. Well, no, to be fair, the guy, the Oliver Twist guy, is British. To be fair to him, <laughs> but uh, but but her, when she opens the door, it's it's honestly, I don't know why, but I 
when I think of this episode, I always think of her opening the door and going, who might you be then? <laughs> because who opens the door and says that? I love it. Ah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> and who might you be? Um, my name is Desmond Hume. I'm looking for Teresa Spencer. I'm Abigail Spencer. Teresa's my sister. All right. Um... Who might you be then? Brilliant. Um, but anyway, she, she, you know, she's not a bad actress at all, Melda. She's actually very good. And she, um, you know, she's, she fills in Desmond very conveniently on the fact that Faraday did his experiments, left um, Theresa in a bad state, ran away to America. And the, fun- the medical bills were all funded by, God bless him, Mr. God, oh, God bless him, Charles Widmore. Yeah, I mean, first and last time anyone says anything nice about Charles Widmore. <laughs> Mr. Widders. Uh, um, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Widmore and Faraday, very linked here, history, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Desmond goes to see the man himself, doesn't he? He does. He marches straight into that office somehow. Somehow got up there. Oh, he just went into a lift and pressed a button. Yeah, but you got like you'd have a lot more security. You think about if someone tried to get into the independent mm. where you work, like there's a lot of security to get through there. That's true. You're not wrong. I mean, yeah, actually I'm sold on, on your point. How did he get up there? Fair enough. Maybe he got let up and then they were like, all right, just wait in the reception and then boom. He was like, I'm 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 sick of waiting. I'm sick of waiting, brother. Um, This scene is really pleasing because he finally has the goddamn upper hand. You know, he's got Penny safe. He's not telling him he has a grandchild. He, you know, he really is just, he's got, not his respect, but, you know, he's got Widmore's attention at least, right? Yeah, I mean, I was I was still nervous throughout this entire episode because it's like through this bit anyway because it's just like he's just going to follow you, he's just going to follow you back to your boat and and know where you are. Do you reckon? Like, how, why? How is that not going to happen? Surely, you know. I don't know. I don't know. It just feels it feels feels like a bad move on Desmond's part. Well, he, he, he is, a, you know, you say it's a bad move, but he he kind of needs him because he needs to find out the address of um, Faraday's mother. In LA. Who is in LA. Um, so he gets the address and then Widmore issues like a bit of a warning. Uh, and he, it's, don't know about you, but it seems sincere to me. And he just says like, this goes back a long, long way. Just go back. Do deliver your message, but then go back into hiding, please. And it seems sincere. Mm. And I think it's corroborated this whole thing of going back a long way by the fact that we actually see a little, little, little young Widmore, well, very annoying Widmore on the islands uh, back in the fifties. Yeah, we do. And we learn he's an author. I mean, this is this is these are big Widmore revelations. Yeah, it's a lot of Widmore setup. Mm. Makes makes Widmore seem less scary somehow. Now seeing him as a young tyke. A young whippersnapper. Yeah. An annoying little fuck. Annoying but... annoying guy who usually when Lost introduces these characters, you're like, oh my god, can't wait for him to die. But we know that ain't gonna happen anytime soon. Mm. Not that we have to deal well, with him as a young guy. They flashed again now and gone, but you know. 
Yeah, he seems like seems like the classic lost cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he's not. He's he's a he's Widmore, and Locke just looks at him. He's just like Charles Charles Widmore. He's just like yeah. Huh? Also, like surely, like Charles Widmore now knows. Like he knows Locke from back in the day. Well, right, precisely. You know, and Faraday to an extent. If he kind of spotted him, and you know that's it's mad, isn't it? It's mad. Yeah, it's mad. I love it though. We'll get to the, the island stuff uh, shortly. Um, but yeah, the lock thing is brilliant. Um, just like not I, not the way he ex- ever expected that introduction to go down. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I do think he does. Uh, old Widmore seems sincere when talking to Desmond. You know, wanting him to keep Penny safe. And, you know, out of this. And especially because we know that, you know, Winmore killed Ben's daughter. Mm. And Ben's now after Mm -hmm. Charles's daughter. So, you know, if anything, it is kind of in his best interest to keep Desmond and Penny away from all this. That's probably what he's more worried about, isn't it? Not, not, you know, Widmore, you said about Widmore following him, but maybe Ben cottoning on to Desmond being around and following Desmond. Mm, yeah. yeah ah worrying worrying stuff Ben's spinning too many plates as it is yeah it's true he's got a lot going on right now isn't he he's got 72 goddamn hours that's all that's all back there's no way this. he's got time to chase Desmond in those 72 hours mm. but then we don't know you know what time actually we do kind of know what time this is for Desmond this is I, I think it's fair to say this is uh, the same time as what the Oceanic Six are experiencing as we, you know this is three years on mm. yeah in fact I'm telling just, you that's that's it okay alright I'm telling you alright <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes home to his penne and his chale and uh, Desmond like kind of rolls in like he's just kind of got an invite to, to the pub uh, when he's like had got dinner plans with Penny and he like clearly just wants to like go to the pub uh, and he's like mm, it's fine no 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 I'm done and she's like you're not done he's like no no no, no I'm, I'm done it's fine it's cool it's cool and she's like no go and he's like you sure? <laughs> this sounds like it sounds like you're describing a very common scenario in your <laughs> life <laughs> well n- not for me but just just for society yeah whatever that's not for me that's for society I love staying there's always a bloody roll in from the the boys are at the pub (laughs) I come home the girl's just like we've got dinner plans (laughs) who are you shut up (laughs) I am just saying no I mean I'm all about the staying in and watching lost mate you know that good day yeah you wanted to go fishing in the Thames we were unsuccessful and you? Did you find Faraday's mum? Uh, there's no one to find. She, um... She died a few years ago. Why are you lying to me? <laughs> I'm not. Where is she? She's in Los Angeles. Pen, you've got nothing to worry about. You know, this was a mistake. You know, I, I made a promise you this would be done in a day, and now it's done. 
It's not our problem anymore. And what happens if you wake up tomorrow and you remember something else? And I'll forget it. And the next day? I'll forget it. It doesn't matter, Pen. You're my life now. You and Charlie. But yeah, I mean, he he says, sure, fine, but 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 I'll go. But she says, I'm coming with you. So so if if Desmond is in danger, Penny and Charlie are also in danger now. Oh no! But he also says something that I think you were like, yeah, okay. She says, just promise me one thing: we're not going back to the island, or you're not going back to the island. And he was like, why on earth would I ever go back there? That that just means they're going back there, doesn't it? it means didn't that's he, didn't even cross his noggin though, did it? Yeah, it's because ah, you know it's going to happen. You know, the moment someone goes like, as long as we don't do this one thing, that's probably going to happen. <laughs> you know it's happening. <laughs> well, we'll see, won't we, mate? We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I should also point out that Henry and Cusick was quite candid about not really loving the last two seasons of Lost. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah, you wouldn't know because you haven't listened to the interview. No, yeah, he he says that he feels that it, it became a bit too much about uh, a certain character that isn't him. I don't want to say. Just in case. Yeah, he said he he'd be up for a, maybe a a, a a new series focused on on him. Focused on him. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be honest, the fans would love it. Um, you know, when he's at Oxford University and he goes to the Department of Physics. Yes. He's told uh, that it's located at Clarendon 14208. And if you scramble those numbers up, you can find 108 and 42. Whoa. Do you know what that means? That's a number watch. It's a number watch. Yeah, that's what it means. Are we going into number watch? Oh, or yeah, we're we, going um, right yeah. in. We're in. We're in. We're in at number watch. <laughs> we're in it. We're oh, in. fuck. Yeah. Number watch. There's only one other this week, which ties us onto our next uh, point very nicely. But Miles senses the graves of four dead US soldiers. Uh, uh, three yeah. were shot and one died because of radiation poisoning, uh, which brings us all that, that, that concludes number watch uh, because four is indeed a number. But, well, it's a number, but it's also a cursed number. But mm. we're now on the islands. We're now going to go through the islands uh, happenings. Um, I'm happy you like this. I'm happy you like all this stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. It's such a fun little snapshot into like a particular time on the island that you just never think you'd see. <laughs> right? I mean, it's insane. what the fifties, fifties on the island. Yeah, specifically 1954. Um, so we kind of pick up with after the arrow attack on the beach. Uh, the the guys that aren't. Sawyer and Juliet. Um, so basically, Miles, Charlotte, Daniel, and then a whole host of other nameless survivors. Um, they're at the they're at the creek, and then it's rigged to explode. Um, and then the people who fire the arrows kind of reveal themselves, who we soon find out are others. Um, but it's really cool because there's a stern British girl, isn't there, called Ellie, and she. Yes. Um, she goes to Faraday. She goes, I knew you couldn't stay away. And when I first watched it, the way it like focuses on Faraday, it always makes you wonder if it's like she has met him before in the past because you know we've seen him in the past already at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you ever felt that. Did you feel that? Yeah, kind of. I'll tell you what I did think. 
Hit um, me. I, there was something about like Faraday's like sister and this girl and stuff that definitely makes me think that she's somehow linked to the um, mysterious woman at the end of episode two. Miss Hawking. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, just re- go back a sec. Sister. What do you mean? Well, I think she just looks like Faraday's. Oh no, Faraday. The ju- the girlfriend's sister just looked like her. So feel like they could be related distantly. But I also have the sneaky suspicion that maybe that woman's Faraday's mum. Okay. So what Desmond but, is looking for her. Yeah, and Desmond will find. Yeah, she'll be the time. The, she'll be the woman at the end of this puzzle. Interesting. And you think the the young British girl is that? Uh, she could be. There could be. There could be some link there. Yeah. Okay. But I'm unsure about that. I'm like, I'm, I'm less less certain about that. But it will it will just make me. I don't know. There were there was. Well, there was Daniel something... does say you remind me. So you look familiar. Yeah. Near the end of the episode, um, he does say that. Um, but it's a thinly drawn idea. I like that you're thinking it. I like that you're 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 putting yourself out there, mate. <laughs> I do that every episode, mate. You do. You do put yourself out there. Um, it swiftly becomes clear that there are kind of like some issues between the others and the US military who have come to the island for testing. Um, and it certainly becomes clear there's some problems because someone died of radiation poisoning, as Mars Suss is, and. Um, someone else's radiation burns on them. So there's something going on, right? They kind of know that when they arrive at the other's camp. Yeah. In... Oh, is this... There you go. Okay. No, I was going to say that... Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Because obviously we know that, yeah, when Desmond first arrived on the island, he wasn't supposed to leave his thing because of, like, the sickness mm. and the other... Um, some other people died from the sickness... I can't remember which group that was, but I know there was some... Well, they say Rousseau's that... team, right? Yeah. Was this all linked to the bomb then? Does the bomb actually go off? Mm-hmm. Well, according to Faraday, well, according to what we're watching in the present, or well, no, it doesn't go off because the island still stands and that would probably sink an island. Yeah, but this is like a magical island that goes through time. Yeah. So... I guess when you're dealing with that, all bets are off. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, we knew that the uh, the army, the US Army, have visited the island before. And if you can pluck out why, I will probably say your best lost van ever. Which would require oh, a lot Christ. of effort uh, on my part. We knew the US Army were there. Um, because of... Um, Mikel and his radar no. bunker. No, no. Good try, but no. Um oh, go on then. You're out by season, mate. Um <laughs> Goodwin. Oh, comes back to Goodwin. Oh, Goodwin. Goodwin. His name was Goodwin. Goodwin, uh he um His name was Goodwin. He's cut Sorry. his name was Goodwin. <laughs> he was an other. <laughs> 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 amazing um he's cutting his apple when he goes but just before Anna Lucy kills him he's cutting his apple with a with a pocket knife um which is labeled with US military and she's like oh. how the hell would this have got to the island well I mean, we, well the US army were there you know 
Does she actually point that out? Yeah, she does. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's kind of what Sus is. She's like, mm, how would you have that as well? Like, what? Like, yeah, it's very weird. He's like, you found it. She's like, what? Um, so. It's like it's all planned. Well, you know, there's a there's like large amount of seasons apart. Well, three. Um, an update on the Oceanic Survivors, because they're a dying breed at this point. Um, so Ellie says there are 20 people at the beach camp before the attack. So they've been, they were watching them. Um, so eight people die in the lie, which is a number watch for last week, which you might have missed out on. So I'm sorry if we did. Two more have now died through those mines. So there are now, by the internet's approximation, because I, I get confused with numbers, as you know, um, there's only 10 beach camp residents alive, including the characters we know. But this isn't, that includes Daniel and Charlotte and Miles, which is not including the original, and Juliet, which doesn't include the originals. So there is literally only about. Whoa, 10 survivors okay. of Oceanic so Planet 15 on the pla- on, on the island still. Well, I thought you said, so, wait, after the arrows, there are 12 of them left. Well, it says at most 10, but that includes the freighter guys and Juliet, who obviously weren't on the plane. The freighter guys and Juliet, that's four number. Yeah, so take them away. So we've got Sawyer, so six. Rose and Bernard. Oh, Rose and Bernard. Let's not forget, they're, they're MIA right now, Jack. Yeah. Sawyer, Rose, Bernard, Locke. But they didn't know about Locke, I guess. What's nine take away four? <laughs> Five. Um, plus Locke, uh, six. Yeah. Six. Six. It's about six, I'd say. <laughs> All right. God. Well, it's not many. I could have prepped that before this and made that very, very more slick. But I'm going to throw it out there. Dreadful with numbers. We know. We we all know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Juliet discerns that the people that have captured that they've captured are others, thanks to cheeky spot of Latin. Did we know they talked Latin? Well, we do now. (laughs) We do now. Uh, I don't think we did. The enlightened language, Juliet says. She um she has to learn it. I also love that she she has a few times now referred to herself as another, and that the others don't really ever call them well, don't call themselves others apart from Juliet, which I think is a really nice way of like kind of separating herself from those people. You know, like I, yeah. I was just a regular person who got kind of like caught up in their shit. Well, I mean, they're not others. The the flight of the others to the others. Mm-hmm. They just got given that. Yeah, I know. So, hard nickname. Yeah, and Juliet just kind of, just kind of like run with it. Yeah, she loves it. That's because Judy, <laughs> Juliet, she loves a good nickname. She loves being another. She bloody loves it. She, um, Elizabeth Mitchell, big shout out to her. She learned, spent an entire weekend learning Latin phonetically on the phone with a Latin professor. I mean. That's not that long, is it? A weekend. Come on, mate. If someone said to me, you've got to learn Latin this weekend, I'd be like, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, but you're learning it phonetically. you just got to learn, you know, how to say it. You don't have to learn what it means. I guess, I guess not. I'm still impressed. I'm still, I'm still impressed with it, I'm, don't worry. Okay, don't dunk on her. I <laughs> just like ribbing you about Juliet. Don't dunk on her. You just love that. her so much. I think she's absolute baller. I love her. Dream woman. <laughs> she's she's brilliant she's brilliant all right she's brilliant 
Um, I love uh, that Sawyer refers to when she's catching up with Locke, the talking about Richard Alpert and all this stuff. Their scenes are really good because Juliet, they, you know, they they haven't really spent time with each other. So it would be kind of news for Juliet that Locke is kind of like knows about Richard Alpert and stuff and that Locke is now kind of like the other's leader. Um, and Sawyer just kind of is very funny with it. He's always very funny, this episode. I think the bus stopped to harm another here, another reunion. But Faraday, the guy that's actually going to save us, is being death marched into the jungle right now. Good luck with that. You're not going to help me save him? No. I'm going to go down and finish my conversation with Richard. That's going to get us all killed. You go rolling in there, they're going to know we're here. Fair enough. I'll give you 10 minutes head start. What about you? Want to stay here in crazy town or help me rescue the geek? Yeah, it's always, it's always a bit behind everyone, isn't he? Mm, he totally is, yeah. He yeah. totally is. But, but he's got a good heart, doesn't he? Because he wants to, you know, he wants to save Danny Boy in the end. And, you know, he just wants to do what's best for best for everyone. I think that's what's good about Sue is like, he, it's almost like the familiarity thing. It's like, wait, okay, so Danny is with us and he's you know trying to help us i don't really know him or like him but those people are now trying to hurt him so i want to stop them from doing that <laughs> like it's very you know he he he's he's territorial for the people who who he knows i like that. yeah yeah i like that when uh they're going to camp the freighter guys are marching to camp um I love that they kind of like zoom in and hold it and they're like, oh, Richard Alpert, what's he going to look like? What's he going to look like? What's he going to... Oh, he's exactly the same. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> he's going to be. But this does mean, you know when young Ben sees him in the in the jungle and he's got like long hair. He's going through like a, like a hippie phase or something. Yeah. In about 25 years from now. It's great. <laughs> um, Richard Alpert's many phases. <laughs> I would... I'd love a spin-off of Alpert. <laughs> I'd love an Alpert spin-off. Um, huge episode for Faraday, really. Yeah, really big. What's your views on him? Just share some. Uh he's got he's got quite a swagger about him this episode, doesn't he? Mm. When he's, you know, kind of coming up with all these plans and he kind of gives this like cockeyed look where he kind of twists his head a bit and he's just like, Yeah, I I, I love that woman. Mm. Just like, he's um no he comes into his own a bit um he's quite, i don't know if, go on go on oh he's quite um puts people down quite a bit as well yeah yeah i like it but he like kind of highlights stupidity yeah and then uh and then he and then charlotte dies so yeah well i mean we'll come on to we'll that we'll get to that um he confesses his love for her though he does, it, which Jin kind of called. You know when Jin threatened to break Daniel's fingers if Charlotte didn't help get um, Sun off the island? Yes. He called that Daniel has like feelings. Like Jin, relationship guru. <laughs> God rest his soul. R.I.P. Yeah, one of the last things he did was clock that Daniel had the hots for Charlotte. Bloody hell. <laughs> um the, fa- the 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 big reveal of the episode is obviously the bomb, the, a, a freaking hydrogen bomb. Um, it got me thinking. When you see Jughead written on the side, 
it's one of the very few episodes whose titles appear in writing in the episode. Can you name Whoa. me another? Um, I think you could. I think you could. Oh man, this is this is a toughie. Um, this is a real toughie. We can come back man, to I'm it, but struggling. if we do come back to it, you have to remind me because I always do these things. I'm like, like the other week, I teased that we're going to. Um, I was going to tell you what the little boy who plays Aaron is up to. Uh, at, the yeah. end, at the end of the episode, and I never did. And to be quite oh. honest with you. I looked it up, and the answer is nothing. The guy, <laughs> the guy went on to do no acting. Uh, he, he's living his life somewhere in the world, and good for him. Good for him. Oh, I, I the um, the episode that's called the numbers, but well, with the numbers written out. Yeah, well, because all I, the numbers appear in that episode. Yeah, so. I know, but the episode isn't called four eight fifteen six twenty three forty two. It's called numbers. Yeah, well, I'm sure numbers appear. The word appears in there somewhere. I guess maybe it, on a lottery ticket or something. Lottery numbers. Does the word numbers appear on a lottery ticket? Yeah, here are your numbers. <laughs> that is a waste of writing. That's a waste of print. I'm sorry. We know that they are the numbers. You look at a lottery ticket and there are numbers on it. You just are going to assume those are your numbers. You don't need someone to say these are your numbers. I I don't know. I mean, some people are idiots. Obviously not people who listen to this podcast, but people who listen to this pro- podcast probably know an idiot. You yeah. probably needs that. You know, he's not an idiot. Me, Jin, for clocking that. Jin, <laughs> right? Can you name an episode where you see it written down? Come on. Yeah, expose. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see it in the show. Yeah, and on the script that Hurley finds. I'd never have gotten there. Oh God, right. We've got a long way to go still with you. Hey, listen to me. Do you people have any access to lead or concrete? For what? There's a crack in the casing. It needs to be filled with lead. You need to take it off this platform carefully and bury it. You brought me all the way out here to tell us that we have to bury it? I told Albert you could disarm that thing. You don't need to worry. You do what I say, you bury it, it won't go off. How do you know that? I need you to trust me. I don't trust you. Just bury it. Bury it and everything will be fine. Jughead was the name of an actual Mark 16 nuclear bomb that was never detonated in the South Pacific. Wait, so how did it end up on the island then? Did the Americans just, like, leave it there? But surely you drop a bomb, so why would it just be there? Well, And why is it hanging from a thing? All these questions you have that I don't have the answer to. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a bomb expert, I don't know. All I know is there's a bomb there and it's... The, 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 the casing is, is, is compromised and people are getting radiation poisoning from it and it needs to be buried imminently. And when Daniel reveals that to Ellie, she's like, like, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he's like, I know that this bomb will not explode, so you have to bury it. Um, but, you know, in actual fact, if he just left it there, it wouldn't explode technically because if it didn't happen, it didn't happen. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. So, oh God, this is Tenet, by the way, the new Christopher Nolan film. I was thinking of Lost during it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of lost during it. Very good film. Um, Ellie, as in young British girl with the gun pointed at Daniel, gets really freaked out when Daniel says he's from the future. Um, but do you know what I find quite funny? It sounds very unlikely. And then Sawyer comes along and 
she says, oh, are you from the yeah. future too? And he goes, you told her. And that is more convincing than anything anyone could have said. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, that line made me laugh a lot. It was really good. It was good, isn't it? It's funny. Because it's so ridiculous. And I love how Sawyer is just like kind of embracing it now. Like, oh yeah, I'm time traveling. Okay. Yeah. Holloway's so good in this episode as well. So I think he's, uh, uh, the Josh guy Holloway. who plays Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Holloway. He, um, he's, he's great. He's like so funny. I think he's really like getting better and better as yeah. Sawyer as well. Cause it's almost like Sawyer's borderline become like the comic relief, mm. um, which seems really against type for that kind of actor. Mm. You know, someone who, especially someone who looks like that, you don't really expect, you know, he's leading man material, but he's just so funny. He, they write him so well. They totally write him so well and he plays him well. If you think where, yeah, no, I do, I do honestly think that like Sawyer, Sun, and Jin are, you know, look at where Sun starts, where she is now, same as Sawyer, and look what Jin was like before he died. Three of the biggest character transformations in any TV show. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely fantastic. Um, the, uh, I like, there's a little moment where Ellie's like, hmm. Don't believe, you know, I'm very confused. Why would an American man, a British woman and a Chinese man be together on the island? And it's like, good point. Surely one that she would talk about. But also, high five to the casting directors for for diversity. There you go. I like it a lot. Um, And also, Miles, very good character. Mm. Are you not convinced yet? Yeah, no, I am. He's just very, it's it's interesting. I'm wondering how he ties into like, or if he does tie into like the overall mystery of the island at any time, Mm. or if he just is some random dude who can like see dead people. I definitely think he, uh, yeah, no, I won't say anything, but yeah, sure. I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you intrigued to find out more then? Yeah, definitely. I think I think he's a like he is a really interesting character. For I, sure. I think less is more with him as well. Like they, he has a few lines, but each one kind of it, it lands. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you like him. Um, him. I, th- I feel a bit sorry for um, Charlotte because she was definitely, you know, the one, the one woman of the group who, you know, the freighter folk who's still there and probably by far the the worst of the four. Mm. you know the least interesting you know i know she's she's dead now but they didn't really do anything good with her i mean they haven't really done anything good with um what's his name yet who the uh, the other bloke is not in this one frank frank yeah where the hell is frank (laughs) well that was frank up to (laughs) frank is even he had like the 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 bit where he recognized you know the uh beginning of season four was it uh, yeah, well, he, the, like, the pilot that he because he was meant to be flying the plane, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, like there's a big story there. I feel like Charlotte's Charlotte's got the the duff role here. Mm. She doesn't really have any link to to much. I can't even remember why she's there. Well, she found the po- the polar bear collar in the Sahara Desert. Oh yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just gonna stay quiet on it for now. Okay, take from that what you will. Um, right. <laughs> Widmore, young Widmore is a bit like, who the hell is this old guy, man? Who, how does he think he knows this island more than me? 
And it's like, God, little do you know, mate, what's going to happen in the next 50 years. Um, Really pleasing, actually, when Locke kind of ignores Widmore and drops the J-bomb. Not Jughead. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> Jacob is the J-bomb I was talking about here. <laughs> yeah. You could just imagine, though, being in that position, you'd be like, what could I say here that would really shit him up? Jacob. Yeah, it's great. Put the gun down. What? Richard, you can't seriously trust him. I said, put the gun down, Whitmore. Your name is Whitmore? Charles Whitmore? What's it to you? Nothing. Nice to meet you. Oh, Locke is back on his mad, mad stuff in this episode. I love when he won't shoot the young Widmore um, initially because he says, uh, you know, he's he's my people. They're my people. Um, oh, it could have been over. This whole, you know, the whole the whole big drama with Widmore could have been finished in that one instant. Locke does pick and choose kind of his morals as and when it suits him, I think. I do think he is like a... a, a temperamental figure like he, he he's like a he is like a bad leader yeah he's definitely like more of a a lone wolf type he's just a bit of a wild card isn't he yeah he really is i mean i love it when he's on his mad stuff but you can just imagine the people around him are like what are you playing at what are you doing not a team player <laughs> also i know we have the a brilliant lock and richard scene which you you knew was coming you kind of called it the other week, said it had to happen where he would kind of see Richard and send him to visit him as a young boy, which we'll talk about again. But yeah, an interesting thing is like a few times Locke says that he needs to speak to Richard to find out um, about what he has to do to save everyone. Um, And he admits like each time the fact that Richard actually told him you have to die. Um, Do you think he's a little bit in denial about that? always like nah that can't be right what do you think i don't know i guess a bit in in denial but also hmm it's a good question i'm not really sure how he's taking it i feel like he's just ignoring it yeah Mm. just kind of getting on and he's just like yeah he's just saying that or but we know lock dies so well we do know lock dies but we don't know if it saves everyone Mm. you know it's funny one i mean he doesn't really get much from Richard. Richard gets more from Locke than Locke gets from Richard. Yeah. Well, this is how he knows how to save him in the future. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. So Locke feeds him the information, which, you know, throws forward a lot of just brilliant conversations. Chicken and egg scenario. What came first? Yeah, because you've got the bloody compass now, which is this kind of like thing that exists out of time. Um, mm. That, you know, Locke... Think about think about that scene. Probably good for you to rewatch that scene actually when Richard visits Locke as a young boy, imagining that he's just had that encounter with Locke that we've seen in this episode. Yeah, I'm, and he's going around to every John Locke he's ever born. I'm telling you to do that. That's your homework. Uh, All right. All right. I'll give it a go. 
I'm not happy about it. Not bloody happy about it. Um, <laughs> so as, you know, the most inopportune moment ever, which, you know, makes sense, the, the island flashes again. To a time where, you know, before or after, who knows. But the camp, the other's camp is gone and the, the, the bomb is certainly not there. Um, and Charlotte starts having a big old nosebleed. She's dead. And then she collapses to the floor. And I mean, this scene was, is it's a weird scene, actually, I find. I don't know why, it just kind of, it just seems like a funny scene. It just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, it feels a bit out of place almost. I don't know. Quite rushed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, to be continued there. Um, yeah, I don't even want to say much more about that ending. Okay. I don't know uh, why. Why don't I? You tell me why I don't. I don't really know. Where are they? What time is it? Well, you'll find that out next week. Well, okay. whenever we watch it, it might not be next week. It might be sooner rather than later. Um, if you it might be last week. <laughs> oh, where are we going? <laughs> Who knows? Love that. Um, I, yeah, last week I did a few um, errors, I think. Oh, Jacob. Well, no, not a few. One. One error. <laughs> um, done, Still. done another error about how many errors I had. I'd At least you admit to it. Well, yeah, I, I actually, hold my hands up. It was extremely hot. <coughs> it was 38 degrees, which in, in in London, that's like 50 degrees. Like, I mean, Fahrenheit okay. wise, I don't know. For you, for you Americans listening, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. What was the mistake? Come on. No more excuses. Oh, Stephen Williams directed the premiere episode of, of season five, not Jack Bender. Jack did episode two which i didn't say at first but i corrected myself but then i suggested that he'd done episode one uh but no it was actually stephen williams well i hope everyone who listened to that episode and heard that error is now corrected and feels sated by that correction well, it was pointed out and i can only i can only apologize i can only apologize to everyone out there for jacob's <laughs> just you know his his blazing disrespect for lost all right now. All right. <laughs> Look how offended he is. All right now. Well, get it right, mate. You're supposed to know the show inside out. All right. Yeah, but do you know what? Sometimes it doesn't account for heat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thoroughly enjoyed talking about this episode. Um, oh God, I remember it so well watching it for the first time. I can't believe that was bloody over 10 years ago that is just scary um i feel i feel like you found this episode quite difficult to talk about for some reason yeah same with the you know the economist from last year uh last season sorry um with saeed where he's 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 a hitman working for ben yeah i think it was more because that one more because i was like oh it's really depressing that these characters are like having quite sad outcomes whereas this one is more like um like it's just re- it's just very different, isn't it? It's very different. We're not on the beach. Yeah. I mean, we're probably never going to go back there. And yeah, and I just was like the whole bomb thing. I was like, wait, what? Why are we introducing this? I'm not. I think when you watched an, an episode for the first time, it was always like a bit of an overwhelming thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess for you. Well, yeah. Um, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, it's a it's a really interesting episode. It feels like it's. Um, 
setting up quite a lot of stuff to come as well. Mm. Um, in a way. And I think it, you know, it comes off last episode. Well, you know, the Hurley episode was a really weird one for me. Yeah. I felt that was particularly odd. And now this one feels a bit more, it feels quite condensed. I guess like nearly every Desmond episode so far has felt quite dense. Mm-hmm. You know, lots to pick out, lots of setting up weird stuff to come. Um, and so, you know, they have a certain energy to them. Mm. And obviously it's helped by... Um, Henry and Cusick, who is just, you know, stellar throughout. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, they, you put him at the front of any episode, it's just always going to be great, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he. it feels like the writers are really, they know what they want to do with the character. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, I think it, it's felt that way almost since the beginning, you know, that they know they know what they want to do. And it's interesting that, you know, in, in interviews that, you know, Damon, when he was talking about Watchmen, Mm. likening the character to Dr. Manhattan and stuff. You know, it, it always feels like they had a vision for where he's going to be um, and his impacts on the show as well. So I, I think you can really tell when you watch these uh, episodes, mm. you know, because it all feels like a part of a greater tapestry. And I would say that some of the other bits and pieces, it feels like less so. And maybe that's why you're finding it like difficult to talk about because it maybe it does you know you've said multiple times like well i won't go any deeper than that because it feels like oh that's definitely setting up something in the future (laughs) yeah like i don't want to correct your kind of your your things i want you to like find them out for yourself you know um yeah that's we were always going to have roadblocks with that i think with 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 this podcast but i you know it's my job to to let you try and have your journey as as plain as it can be, you know, I, I also, I also think that us talking about it in general just means that you're going to kind of allude, you think of things or think about things more than you would have. So you're going to make correct assumptions. Um, or I'm just really clever. I don't Um, think it's that though. (laughs) I don't think it's that. (laughs) I'm excited to hear what you think of Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new espionage thriller that's been delayed. Yeah. I mean, I imagine a lot of people listening, especially US people, will not be going out to see that anytime soon mm. with what's happening there. But when it's safe to do so, it sounds like it's a thrill ride. Yeah, I got I, I went along to a screen and I'll just say as a Chris Nolan fan, I was I don't know, I was absolutely in heaven. <laughs> I was. It was just really fun. And I think my mum was like, What's it like? Would I like it? I was like, Yeah. Even if you don't you don't buy into like the concept and stuff, it's just really fun. It's really good. Some really good action scenes. What would a Christopher Nolan episode of Lost look? Like? Oh, that's a very good question. It would, he would definitely direct a season five one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you know Darren Aronofsky was going to direct one? Was he? Mm. Interesting. Never happened. Mm. Matthew Perry also wanted to be in it. Cameo, yeah. They said he was too famous, couldn't do it. I think that's fair enough. So they got him Billy D. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Billy D was a great cameo. Billy D made sense. Matthew Perry yeah. wouldn't. No offense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that Christopher Nolan question you just asked. What would a Christopher Nolan episode of Lost look like? I don't know, but the compass would be involved in some way, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> yeah. Oh God, that's going to tide me over for the rest of the day, Jack. There you go. You can think about that. God. You can have that. Have that to ruminate on. <laughs> Where can people find us and the like? They can find us at, at Lost Boys Pods. They can find you at Jacob underscore Stoll, and you are on Jack J Shepherds. I love that we do that. I don't know why we don't. Why you don't just say? And I'm on. And, I don't know. And I say and I'm I like on. I like that because I mean I know your Twitter handle now. You'd hope. <laughs> yeah, I know yours as well. It's ingrained in my brain forevermore. <sighs> um, no, I think it's good that we do. I think it's good. Keep it. Um, yeah. Do you have any any additional comments, Jack? Um, my hero of the week. Oh God, we haven't done hero and villain of the week. Uh, my hero of the week is God, in the um, of time. Who is the is the doctor at the beginning of the episode? Ephra Salonga. Ephra Salonga <laughs> <laughs> for um, delivering a baby on very short notice and giving the world Charlie. Baby Charlie. Yeah, the only episode on Amazon you were watching and it came up with who was in the scene. You're like, it's Desmond, <laughs> Penny, and Ephra Salonga. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he shouts that name a <laughs> lot. Ephra Salonga! In the next few seconds, yes. Um, my hero of the week is probably going to be Juliet. Uh, of course. No, I'm joking. So I'll, I'll change it. Do you know who it is? And I'm going to do it because it's the only time I could do it. Mr. Widmore, for uh, funding her medical bills. Yeah. Tracy Spencer's. You heard it. Charles mm. Widmore is here of the week. Ephra's still mine. Who's villain? Ephra's a good one. <laughs> Ephra's a good one. <laughs> Who's villain? Uh, I mean, see, Charles Widmore could be villain here because he kills that random dude and then runs off. Mate, absolutely. Do you know what? He's here and the villain. <laughs> and that is Lost Season 5 in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no... Oh, yeah. Shall we leave it there? Let's leave it there. So we're going to go. Thank you for joining Thank you for joining us this week for an in-depth analysis of the episode. Um, I'm going to go ruminate on Jack's Christopher Nolan question and Jack's going to go read up on the history of Jughead. Charlotte. Charlotte. No, no, no. Look at, hey, look at me, look at me. It's okay. It's okay. Charles! 